to this podcast summary of the IAASB meeting held in New York, October 24th to the 26th, 2017. I'm Matt Waldron, Technical Group Director, and I'm joined today by Arnold Schilder, Chairman of the IAASB, and board members Rich Sharko, Fiona Campbell, and Merrick Grabowski. So welcome to everyone. Arnold, let me just turn to you to begin with to give us a summary and overview of the, the week's meeting. Thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, no, it's amazing. It was an interim extra meeting for three days only. Nevertheless, I think we feel like we have been here a full week. It was a very intense week uh, that had much to do with um, intensive discussions on the 540 project. And it's uh, Chair De Charco will comment on that in a minute. But that was not the only thing. We also discussed uh, in particular IT aspects on ISA 315, the risk assessment standard. Fiona Campbell, as chair of that group, will come back on it. Um, we also listened to a presentation from the International Accounting Standards Board. And Marek Grabowski, who chairs our ISB liaison working group, will comment on that briefly. Um, I must say I found it very interesting to see where the IASB is heading to and how they deal with all their challenges. Um, and I'm very pleased with the ongoing dialogue that we have with the IASB. Um, but also, uh, Marek is chairing um, what is now becoming the task force on emerging forms of external reporting. That group is named Internal Reporting Working Group. That's how it's started. And Marek, with the group, um, has presented a project proposal to the board to follow up on the consultation that we had earlier on with external funding support. Uh, we had a lengthy discussion. I think it's fair to say that Mark was challenged by a number of board members on many aspects of the project. But in the end, it was uh, unanimously agreed by the board. And uh, Mark also from here, uh, very warm congratulations on achieving that. Um, and, and as always, we were joined by uh, official observers, um, our consultative advisory group chair, Jim Dorkin, uh, the official from the Japanese FSA, but also the PIOB, uh, in this case, Karl van Hulle, and I'm always very pleased with these observations. And we had a number of external observers, and also the dialogues with them were helpful. So let me just stop there. Um, because, as said, um, we will now come more specifically to the various projects. And I think, Rich, maybe you can kick off on 540. Thanks, Arnold. We had a very uh, fruitful meeting uh, this week uh, to talk about uh, uh, the responses that we received on uh, the ISA 540 exposure draft. Um, this week, we, we targeted uh, several key areas. Um, during the week, um, Task Force uh, talked about uh, risk factors and how, how to uh, handle the risk factors uh, in, in the standard. Uh, There's support for aligning the risk factors more with the ISA 315 and the PCOB terms. Uh, we took the opportunity during the week to have a session with the ISA 315 uh, Task Force, and it was a great opportunity to talk about the crossover issues. I think the agreements that we came to which we also discussed at the board, uh, will allow us to further progress uh, those key, key issues as we finalize the standard. We also uh, proposed to the board a revised structure. Um, the papers included a, a flow chart, 
Uh, to try to best um, explain that flow chart, we, we came back to the board later with a, uh, some proposed wording. Um, the board uh, liked that uh, revised wording, but clearly we'll need to see that uh, fleshed out to, uh, to, to better understand the structure. But it, uh, we were encouraged a, uh, that there was general agreement that this was the right direction to be more simple. Um, we also talked about the uh, proposals that the task force put forward re relating to the threshold. Um, I don't think there's a, a firm decision yet as to whether we would remove or not, but we heard a lot of different comments and we will be taking that in to our next task force meeting. Uh, we did hear uh, good support for the using of testing strategies in how we uh, lay out the standard and um, the use of data assumptions and methods to, to help the structure. The board uh, commented also on the initial responses to key risk assessment and work effort requirements. We'll continue to look at those uh, uh, comments and, and bring them back to the board uh, in December. The board also discussed preliminary analysis in relation to the remaining questions of the ED, and those will form the basis of our discussions and uh, mainly the discussion we have at the December board meeting. I'd say lastly, um, what we did receive very clearly was encouragement for the task force to develop the revised proposals quickly. We've taken that on and we have a, a very defined path to move towards December. Arnold? Yeah, thanks, Rich. And, um, so let me move on to Fiona, please. Thank you, Arnold. This week we shared some updated thinking on a few matters based on feedback we'd received at the September board meeting. And one of those items was to give a broad introduction regarding the new changes to the definition of controls and the task force's planned approach to understanding the five components of internal control. There was support for the general direction that we were taking and there was a view that it was consistent with current practice. We also got the, a reminder that we just need to be clear about what needs to be done in relation to each component and there was some concern about how you would evaluate the component. The majority of the papers, however, focused on one particular topic and that was all things IT and that became the focus of the rest of our session on 315. And we shared with the board that we were expecting limited changes to requirements, but instead the majority of changes would come through the application material that was being proposed. The general direction that we had presented was supported and uh, comments that it noted more clearly what was today's reality for a lot of organisations. There was support for more on the general IT controls, but just a, a warning to make sure that the guidance is robust to reflect the range of general IT controls that may need to be considered. And we talked a little bit about boundaries. There were some concerns around the boundary of the auditor's understanding that is required for some of the things that we talked about. And it needs to really be clear that it relates to the audit of the financial statements as some of our proposals may have come across as being very broad. And some of those areas that were highlighted included the business model, what did we mean by that, cyber security and data security regulations. So the task force was encouraged to provide some more guidance about what's required to be understood for the purposes of identifying risks of material misstatement. A question was also raised about the balance between the requirements and the application material 
for all of the matters regarding IT and the task force was encouraged to reconsider whether more is needed in the requirements relating specifically to IT. It was also noted that the terminology relating to IT that's been used in our, in our draft needed to be considered to make sure that the correct words were being used and being used consistently. So, for example, we use IT, IT system, information system, IT environment, use of information. So, just to make sure that we go back and check that that is all being used consistently. Scalability also needs to be brought out to be clearer, um, particularly through the use of examples. So, we will work on that as we head towards our December issues paper. And a suggestion also to give further consideration as to how ISA 315 could reflect the specialised skills that may need to be on the team to be able to identify and assess the risks related to IT and perhaps somehow thinking about we hook, how we hook that back into ISA 220. Thanks, Matt. Yes, and okay, sure. Thank you. Thank you, Fiona. Now over to Merrick to give us an overview of the discussions in ASB liaison and EER. Merrick? Thanks, Matt. Um, we had the annual update from the IASB on their work program. Uh, Mary Tokar joined the board by video conference and talked through the main items uh, on their agenda, but with, with particular emphasis on those where there's more scope for coordination between our board and theirs. Um, key areas of continuing and future interest um, certainly include their projects on uh, the primary financial statements uh, and their project on the principles of disclosure. As Arnold said earlier, it was also very interesting to see how they're addressing their standard setting remit and, and in particular how much of their time they spend on implementation issues. Moving to the um, emerging forms of external reporting project, I'm delighted that the project proposal was approved at the board meeting. Um, the Integrated Reporting Working Group was set up uh, in 2014 uh, and a lot of the great work um, of, of that group was led uh, until um, this year by Merrin Kelsall. <coughs> we published a discussion paper last year and we had a great response um, from uh, stakeholders, but we also had a lot of uh, broader input from outreach. All of that told us that there was uh, strong support for taking forward this project at this time. Arnold mentioned <coughs> the uh, board challenges uh, during the discussion this week. Uh, many of these were around managing the project given the novel resourcing model, which I'll come back to in a moment, um, which involves uh, grant funding and uh, appointing a dedicated full-time but non-permanent staff member. There was also, um, rightly, some concern to understand uh, fully how the board's independence and the perception of that independence would be secured given the grant funding. So what's the main output of uh, this project? Uh, the project is um, to develop uh, ov over the period of uh, a couple of years new non-authoritative guidance to address the 10 key challenges uh, which arise in the performance of assurance engagements over emerging forms of external reporting in applying uh, ISAE 3000. Um, this, um, these 10 key challenges were set out in the uh, discussion paper and received uh, strong support from 
uh, stakeholders. Um, two other key features um, of the way in which we'll deliver this project include uh, close collaboration with a number of other international organizations um, and um, continuing um, pr provision of uh, thought leadership by um, the IAASB. Uh, included in um, those, um, uh, those uh, issues around um, providing thought leadership uh, will be uh, the update of the four key factor model which we proposed in the discussion paper uh, on uh, factors that uh, give rise to uh, uh, trust and confidence uh, in EER reports. Um, on the main public interest benefits of this project, um, the integrated reporting working group uh, was uh, convinced that there is a reasonable prospect that demand for assurance will develop uh, as these uh, frameworks uh, for emerging forms of reporting mature. Um, it was also um, uh, our view that uh, the development of such demand may in part depend on addressing the 10 key challenges and that those challenges are likely to affect uh, and to be affecting consistency of performance uh, of uh, assurance engagements and stakeholder trust in EER. What the guidance should in due course uh, enable is uh, that it will engender more consistent practitioner responses to the 10 key challenges and provide a basis for greater credibility and trust uh, by stakeholders. Um, on resourcing um, of this project, given our other board priorities and major projects, um, we would not have been able to move forward at this time uh, with this project uh, if we had not been able to secure um, funding uh, through um, the World Business Council for Sustainable Development, uh, supported uh, by the Moore Foundation. Um, so I was delighted that Mario Abella from the World Business Council uh, was here to observe that part of the meeting. Um, one of the most uh, significant things uh, that I've learned from the outreach we've done on this project is the enormous uh, amount of support there is for the project around the world. Um, in addition to establishing a task force, uh, we also intend to uh, establish a project advisory panel which will provide an opportunity to involve many other stakeholders uh, in helping us with this project. Overall, I'm looking very much looking forward to moving this project forward. Thank you, Arnold. And uh, yes, well, thank you. Thank you, Merrick, for that. And thank you, Rich, Fiona, and Arnold as well. And we look forward to seeing the progression of, of these projects and, and other activities. So just a few things in, in closing, uh, the IWSB's next physical meeting will be held on December 11th through the 15th, 2017, uh, here in New York. We have a very busy agenda at that time where we'll be considering ISA 540, 315. We'll have a first read of the exposure draft on ISQC1 addressing firms' systems of quality control. We'll also have a working draft of ISA 220 addressing quality management at the engagement level. So just as a reminder, meetings are open and members of the public may observe as, may register as observers and I just encourage you to do that early uh, at the, uh, our website, iwsb.org. 
uh, registration closes two weeks prior to the start. So that concludes this podcast summary of the IWSB's October 2017 meeting. Uh, meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board discussions are also available on the IWSB website. And listeners, please uh, follow us on Twitter at IWSB underscore news. And thank you very much for listening. Music.